0: Even the disciples, who dropped everything to follow Jesus, still experienced trust issues along the way. Why is it so hard to trust and just follow? Hey folks, it's Karen G. from Tower Hills Communications Team. Thanks for listening in to our weekly podcast. We hope today's message inspires you to dig deeper in your faith. And if you like our message, please share it with a friend. This week, we're continuing on to the next chapter in our sermon series called The Story. So let's kick it off to Pastor Jason Tucker right now. Well, again, happy Easter, everyone. I remember when I turned 18, something that seemed very exciting to me was for me and my high school friends to go to the Meadowlands and go to the horse track and bet on horse racing. I don't know why I thought this was so cool, but apparently it's like, I turn 18, I'm allowed to do it, so let's go. Let's get in the car, let's leave East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, and let's head to the Meadowlands. And we're like, okay, great. So we get our friends together, we got a couple of cars, and you know, this was before you had your You had Waze, and you had even GPS systems. And I remember uh, asking, okay, so how do we get there? And one of my buddies go, oh, I I know how to get there. Just, you know, everyone just saddle up. Follow me. Let's go. So I learned a very important lesson that day. Make sure if you're following somebody that they've actually been there. We spent hours off-road we had no idea where we were. We ended up making it to the track. I don't remember if I won or lost, but I just remember that day as a big loss because we spent so much time in the back roads, getting lost, not knowing where we were. I don't even know how we managed to do that. It's not that hard of a drive, but for us, apparently, it was. And the thing is, if I'm following somebody, I want to make sure they've been there before. It's kind of like skydiving. I've never been skydiving, and I imagine my first dive would be like this, you know, uh, a tandem jump, there's a few questions I would want to ask before I got all strapped in. Question number one, how many times have you done this? Like, I would like to know. This isn't like your first day, right? I mean, you've you've done this a lot of times and survived it. Like, that's a really important question to me. I don't know, maybe I'm just a little sensitive, but I want to know, how many times have you done this? And, you know, like, how many people have done this with you have you you've done this tandem thing before right the thing is especially if it's a matter of life or death I want to make sure that the person I'm following has been there before they know what they're doing I can't just trust my buddy oh yeah I know how to get there sure how hard could it be right (laughs) like I wouldn't do that you wouldn't do that either you want to make sure the person has been there before because I need to completely trust the leader If I can't completely trust the leader, then I'm not going to jump. In matters of life and death and faith and heaven and hell, I need to trust a leader who's been there before. I need to trust when Jesus says this in Matthew 16. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That wouldn't mean as much if Jesus didn't go first. If Jesus hadn't suffered and died and rose again, how could I trust that he knew where he was going? How could I trust it for my own life? Now, to be honest, like many of us, Jesus' own followers didn't have complete trust in him, did they? Now, I kind of give them a mulligan on that one. It's like, we, we're on the other side of the resurrection. We know how it ended. They had no idea. Yes, he said different things, but I don't know. I'd probably be just like them in that situation. They're trying to figure it out in real time. And it's one of those things that you just would never expect. Like if, like if three months ago, if we would have said, what's happening now in our country? You'd have been like, whatever. No, 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 no. That's that, That's ridiculous. You don't realize when you're going through it just how significant it is. I think for all of us going through the crisis we're going through, we don't even realize how significant it is because we're right in the middle of it. And I think this was the same for the disciples. But it was true when they didn't have complete trust in Jesus. How do I know that? Well, just look at the facts. Look at how everything came out. First thing is, when the going got dangerous, they stopped following him. They even denied that they knew him. They didn't have complete trust in their leader. I'm sure in some ways they thought they did. But when it came down to it, when it came time to jump, they didn't trust that Jesus had been there before. That Jesus knew what he was doing. And part of the reason is they just didn't understand his power. They didn't understand that he had the power of all creation itself. He had the power to lay down his life and to be raised up again. To be the one and only sacrifice for the salvation of the entire world forever. They had no clue. And so when they laid him in that tomb, and I think we have a picture of a tomb that's kind of similar to something Jesus was buried in. I mean, there was no reason to think that anything extraordinary was going to happen. Yes, he said he was going to be raised in three days, but Jesus said and taught a lot of things. He, was, he taught in parables all the time. I don't know that it really dawned on them what this even meant. And so Jesus was put in this tomb, and this giant stone rolled over the entrance. And this was not insignificant. It would have taken a lot of, of people trying to roll, in, in this case, Roman guards, but it would have taken a lot of strength to roll that stone into place and it would not have been an easy thing to unroll it or to open it again. They didn't know that Jesus had the power to move it. They didn't know that Jesus had the power to leave it. They just didn't know who Jesus really was and so they couldn't trust their leader. And I feel like there's so many who are like that right now. You may feel like you're one of them where you feel like If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, you feel like, well, how can can I really trust him? I don't know. How, How can I really trust what Jesus says? If you don't believe that he was God, why would you trust him? And then Easter happened, and the tomb is found empty by his followers. Let's read this story. This comes to us from Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Now why did they do that? They did that because they didn't have time when the Sabbath started to prepare Jesus' body appropriately. They had to stop because it was Sabbath. So as soon as Sabbath ended, on that third day, they came back and they were ready to prepare his body for burial properly. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. This would have been highly unusual. And I'm sure their first thought was, you know, we didn't even get to grieve our Lord properly and now his body's been taken. And now somebody's messed with his body. We didn't even get to give him a proper burial. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. I guess, I don't know, maybe I would be skeptical too, but it says in the next verse, verse 11, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Just shows how much they lacked trust in their leader. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Now, interesting, why were they leaving Jerusalem? Because they thought it was over. They thought it ended in the tomb. They thought that Jesus had died, and that was it. Like, this was not what we had hoped for. And they were on their way out of town. Again, they didn't understand Jesus' power. They didn't understand who he really was. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Where you been? Under a rock? Sorry, couldn't resist that one. What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. What's fascinating to me there is that these followers of Jesus, uh, they get it wrong. He wasn't merely a prophet. He had a prophetic role, of course, but he was the son of God. He was the Savior, the Messiah. It's clear they didn't understand that. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So I went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. It is true, the Lord has risen. The disciples learned a really important lesson that day, and it was the first lesson of how to live a life in faith in Jesus, not always seeing Jesus who's right in front of you. The lesson was Jesus is always with you just like he's always with us. We don't always recognize the Jesus who's right in front of our eyes, who is holding all things together, who's speaking right into our hearts, who is leading us or speaking words even through other people. And what faith does is it opens our eyes to the Jesus who's already there, the Jesus who leads and guides and loves us in the midst of our lives. Listen, this life that we're living, and maybe we realize this more than ever. It's finite. We don't know how long it's going to be. We're all following someone, aren't we? Maybe we're following the wisdom from some place in our lives or some place that we look to? What leaders are you listening to in your life? Do you trust them with your life? Those leaders who promise a certain victory at the end of this life, have they been there? If it's a matter of life and death, you have to completely trust the leader. I had somebody ask me what time... Pastor, what if the resurrection's not true? What if it didn't happen? And my response is always the same. It's like, then I'm going to go do something else with my life because this is a giant waste of time. If the resurrection didn't happen, we're all in trouble. If the resurrection didn't happen, we are we still remain in our sins, sins with no way out. The resurrection is the reason we follow Jesus And have complete trust in him. We follow the leader who's been there before. He's already made the jump. And he tells us, follow me. Follow me. I have conquered sin and death already. And I'm going to conquer it for you if you'll just come with me. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Many of you who grew up in church, you've heard this said before, but are you really living it? Do you really believe it? See, I think there's an interesting phenomenon that happens to many of us who put our faith in Jesus, is that Jesus gives us an opportunity to follow him out of the tomb, but we don't follow him. It's like we stay in the tomb because we're too afraid to leave it, which makes no sense intellectually. But for some reason, we have a hard time following Jesus. We have to follow him out of the tomb. That's, that's our job to do. What do I mean? I mean that Jesus has rolled the stone away on our lives. We are forgiven. We have life. And yet some of us, we just stop there and we don't want to follow him where he leads us. And we feel stuck, and we feel disconnected from God. We feel like something's not quite right. Maybe this uh, this God relationship isn't real because I'm not really feeling anything else. That's because you stopped following Him long ago. But it's never too late to follow Him out of the tomb. I guess the question is: Do you completely trust Him? Do you trust Him to be exactly who He said He was? You know, the historical evidence of the resurrection is overwhelming. No, you can't prove a resurrection in the sense of science. You can't repeat it over and over again in a controlled atmosphere. But you can prove it with the evidence, with the circumstance, as you would a court case. The historical record leans so overwhelmingly on the truth of the resurrection But I think we're scared to admit that if it's true, it means that there's a whole lot more to this Jesus than I ever dreamed. And maybe it means something for my life. Listen, we can trust that Jesus has been there before. He has lived the human life. He has suffered, he has died, and he has risen again. The thought even occurred to me during the COVID-19 crisis that here's a disease that is causing respiratory failure. And I can't help but thinking of Jesus on the cross, it wasn't the wounds on his hands and feet that killed him. Crucifixion is a death by suffocation. I think Jesus knows more than you realize, just exactly what's going on in people's lives. He can relate to us more than we ever knew. And that's the point, isn't it? God didn't say he's just going to be God at a distance. He's going to be God as one of us so that he can save us and lead us home, paying the price of sin and giving us life forever. Jesus is standing at the door of the tomb saying, come and follow me. I know the way out. Have you ever done that? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus and say you're going to follow him? Today I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I want to give you an opportunity to put your faith in Jesus, maybe for the first time. Or maybe if you've put your faith in Jesus, you want this to be a moment of renewal for you. If you want to put your faith in Jesus, you can do it right now. And he can change everything for you. He changed everything for me. And when I put my faith in him, my whole life completely changed. The whole trajectory of my life changed. And I am so thankful that it did. I have never known joy like I've known it in Jesus Christ. I've never known peace like I've known it In Jesus Christ, and you can know it too. If you want to put your faith in him, I'll encourage you, please pray with me now. Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner in need of forgiveness. I can't do it on my own. I need your forgiveness to set me free. And so I put my faith in you, Jesus. I believe that you are exactly who you said you were. You are the Son of God, the Lord Almighty, the Messiah, who had power that we couldn't even imagine, that you rose from the grave, and by putting my faith in you, I can too. You are the leader who's been there before. I trust in you, Lord Jesus, and I want to live and follow you forever. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you, please reach out to me. My email is jason at towerhillchurch.org. Reach out to me, I'd love to talk with you about it. And for all of us, may this be a moment of renewal. The tomb is empty, but our hearts are full. It's a paradox that we can't really explain or understand. Everything changes forever because of the resurrection. May it change forever for you. He is risen. He is risen indeed.